So let's start off. How many of you have seen this man? Does he look familiar? Where have you seen him? Like a coffee shop, maybe? Uh, the local library? Uh, your dreams, maybe? Maybe? This man is sort of a strange man, keeps appearing in people's dreams all across the world, and no one knows who he is. No one's seen him in real life. No one's got a clue about it. Uh, next, across the world, every night, hundreds of people dream of this face. This is a guy that people just dream of out of nowhere. People think he's some kind of dream guy. Dream guy. A man that stalks us as we sleep. This man. That's this man. It's a really bad drawing. I'll put a link to the website, but that's my best attempt. I thought this man she never met before in real life, but she keeps seeing him in her dream. Look at the picture. Many people all over the world have found that they have seen this guy in their dreams, which is really creepy. Have you guys seen this man? Have you ever dreamt this man? Howdy, folks, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. We're a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We're your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Bentz. What's up, bud? Hey, pal. How we doing? How you sleep? Which reminds me, Cleveland, <laughs> how you sleeping? <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> you know, oh, man, this is just the general topic of, of dreams and stuff is mm -hmm. something that, uh, well, it pops up in our conversations all the time. Yeah. I don't think we're alone in this, uh, in this universe, in this world, when we say dreams are something that intrigue us constantly. Yeah. You know, we're always trying to figure out, I mean, think about all the different books that exist about interpreting dreams. I saw the other day that there's this, some AI thing that you can type in your dream and then it gives you a pretty cool interpretation of what it might mean. Turns mm -hmm. out Alexa Chung <laughs> does somehow have the hots for me is, is what it said. So oh boy. I'm not sure about you, man, but I feel like we could probably do an entire season on nothing but dreams. Yeah, I think so too, man. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, they, you know, the subject matter may change, but for the most part, I think most of us, you know, we all have them. So it's just like, once you start kind of picking up like, oh, wait a minute, I have that same dream too. Like for our, you know, forever listeners, I brought up before the dream where I could like, move around my my organs with some kind of weird hand signal. Yeah. What are they called on Doom? I don't, I'm sorry? What oh, oh, yeah. Just, I mean, like, but sign the, language. Yeah, yeah, but it's called something, though. I can't remember. But anyway, you know, I uh, there's so many people who have that same weird dream as a kid that, like, they can fly if they can sort of, like, control their, like, breath. And, like, mm -hmm. it's weird, but it 
it is kind of specific, like once yeah. you kind of get on the topic. I mean, Tyler could breathe underwater, but first he had to be like, Amy, good gorilla. <laughs> bad, 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 Amy. Uh, anyway. So stupid. Uh, <laughs> oh, Congo. Anyhow. Well, and, and dude, we've talked about this before. Whenever I did that, or I'm sorry, well, I say we, but I'm the one that kind of like trudged through them. When we did the Friday the 13th, you know, review of every single one of those movies, and you can hear that here. Hear the deep dive of every Friday the 13th movie ever made on That Would Be Rad, Season 1, Episode 49, the Friday the 13th giant size episode. You know, one of the things that I've talked about at length probably when I'm talking about scary movies or I'm talking about these iconic characters that 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 uh, are in these uh, slasher films and everything, yeah. you know, yeah. If Jason popped out of nowhere or Michael Myers, sure, I'd be like, oh, but then I'd just run away and mm-hmm. be safe. Yeah. Right? Unless they trapped me or tricked me somehow. But the one character that's always been top of the list in terms of scaring me and, and kind of, well, frankly, invading my dreams as a kid mm. was none other than Freddy Krueger. Mm. And part of the reason why it's so terrifying is because, like you said earlier, you know, like most everybody dreams, right? Now, I know there's some people out there that are like, well, you know, I don't really dream that much. And yeah. apparently one of the side effects of THC actually is that you begin to dream less or something I've heard. Mm. And so like, I think there are probably people that don't dream that often or don't remember them as well as others. But there's one thing that we all do. It doesn't matter, you know, who you are, or where you're from. All of us at some point have to go to sleep. Yep. Now you can fight it like you're one of our kids uh, when it's bedtime. Or, you know, you can kind of artificially stimulate yourself so that you can stay awake and study and cram for that exam or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But eventually you're going to fall asleep. And if you're trying to keep from falling asleep because there's some scary guy that you keep seeing, man, that concept is just terrifying. Yeah. And that's why today's episode is extremely exciting to me because, dude, I'd never heard of this. You text me a picture of this freaking guy, and I was (laughs) like, not only does he look exactly like Like you. Like you, yeah. No, no. I mean, it's, frankly, I thought this was like, I thought you did something with AI and you said just, you know, you uploaded a photo of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, make a wanted poster or something. Yeah. And then this picture popped up. And so I thought initially that's what you were sending me. Yeah. Turns out this strange face was the face of somebody that people around the world have been seeing in their dreams. Without further ado, let's dive into this strange mystery. Mm-hmm. So back in January 2006, in New York City, the patient of a well-known psychiatrist draws the face of a man that has been repeatedly appearing in her dreams. In more than one occasion, that man has given her advice on her private life. The woman swears she's never met the man before, ever. That portrait lies forgotten on the psychiatrist's desk for a few days until one day another patient recognizes that face and says that the man has often visited him in his dreams. He also claims he has never seen that man in his waking life. The psychiatrist decides to send the portrait to some of his colleagues that have patients with recurrent dreams. Within a few months, four patients recognize the man as a frequent presence 
in their own dreams. All the patients refer to him as this man. From January 2006 until today, at least 2,000 people or more have claimed that they have seen this man in their dreams in many cities all over the world, including Los Angeles, Berlin, Sao Paulo, Tehran, Beijing, Rome, Barcelona, Stockholm, Paris, New Delhi, and even Moscow. At the moment, there is no ascertained relation or common trait among the people that have reported dreaming of seeing this man. Moreover, no living man has ever been recognized as resembling the man of the portrait. Since the beginning of this occurrence, a website was developed to help those who have seen this man in their dreams and to foster communication among them. To help understand who this man is and why he appears in apparently patternless array of situations in the dreams of such diverse human subjects. That website is www.thisman.org. So that's the that's the basic gist mm-hmm. of this mystery. The reason why it even got popular or began to be noticed, I guess, is around that same time period, these flyers would appear all over the world, in New York, for example, but also just Tokyo, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, just all over. And the poster itself had this really strange picture. I'm sure that by the time this episode is out, the cover art probably is going to have this guy's face on it, which is going to be cool. Mm -hmm. And so you'll be able to see this kind of, again, you'll agree that it looks exactly like Tyler, but also just like this strange creepiness. Is his skin clear? Is it just really, like, why? Does he need sun, you know? Should he just get in the sun? And are you talking about me or the guy? Well, that's what I'm saying. You look similar. So anyway, the flyer itself is actually pretty intriguing because besides the face, here's what it says. At the very top, it says, have you ever dreamt of this man? Then there's a large sort of pencil drawing. I would assume that it's the original one that this uh, psych patient drew, And then underneath that, it says the following words. Every night all over the world, hundreds of people see this face in their dreams. If this man appears in your dreams too, or if you have any information that can help us identify him, please contact us, www.thisman.org. Now, this flyer was posted on telephone poles, on walls, plastered Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And because of that, there were a lot of submissions. Again, on the website, it says that the aim of their website is to kind of help people talk about this strange phenomenon, this this situation where they keep on seeing this kind of weird-looking, creepy dude that they've Mm -hmm. never seen in real life who is giving them advice on life, telling them different things. And we'll get into some of these accounts, but, you know, I myself have had dreams where, and Tyler, jump in here, where I have had this really sort of distinct conversation with someone mm-hmm. that yeah. I've truly never seen before in life. I mean, you've had mm-hmm. you've had that, right? Oh yeah. I think those. I think what you're talking about are those kind of dreams where you wake up and it's almost like your dreams were more real than than your waking life. Yeah, and you kind of like have that strange. Like feeling like, where do I, how do I know that? Yeah. 
person. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, I've never, thank God, I've never seen this dude in my in my dreams. No, I hope that me neither. I won't, mm-hmm. but it's just a strange phenomenon that that people all over the world are, you know, reportedly seeing this person pop up in their dreams. Yeah, and what one of the things about the dreams, like in particular, which are, are fairly common. I mean, there's some like, you know, some odd ones out there, but like I think for the most part, the weirdest thing is like he his his presence in your dreams are you know, it's pretty like passive. Like he's not really doing much, but people claim that like there's like sort of a violent aspect with like how, uh, you know, the people that do dream about this guy is like how often these dreams are like repeating, which Mm. is pretty terrifying. I've always thought like that would be super scary, you know. When I was a kid, well, maybe in like middle school, I would have this weird dream and it would happen over and over and over and over and over where I would wake up in the middle of the night around the same time and I would swear, like as like right as the dream was ending and I was waking up, the dream was, and the only thing that I would ever remember is, is seeing this guy like running up my basement stairs. Oof. Yeah, and then, and it, but it was really odd because like the, like the moment that I would wake up, which I mean, I'm sure... There was a little bit of like merging of dream and reality. But like the moment that I would wake up, it was like I would like almost physically hear like somebody like hit the basement door downstairs. Oh, man. So it would it was so terrifying. And so that idea that like, you know, you hear a lot that these people just have these reoccurring dreams and that like they can't escape them. And uh, that's... That's awful. Yeah. I mean, so if you're a longtime listener or even a relatively new listener, you'll know that I've, I'm just constantly plagued by this memory that I think is a movie. And ultimately, <laughs> like, I, and look, I, I, like, I'm not going to get into it. Here we go. Well, too far. But like, I can't tell. The problem is, and I mean, I've gone to just forum after forum mm-hmm. after forum, and I get suggested the same list of movies. And, and you know, and then some people are like, well, maybe you should try some of these horror anthologies, and I'd have them list off, you know, the top ones from the time period, and i go through every single episode description, and I've watched several. I can't find it. Mm -hmm. The point is, I used to dream, uh, or I used to have, like, at least I would think about this and or dream about this, these movie scenes a lot, and so right now I'm like, maybe I just dreamt it, but yeah, I used to dream and have a recurring nightmare about Freddy Krueger. I used to have uh, this, you know, sort of recurring nightmare about my brother getting hurt or something, and it was pretty horrific. And I don't know, man, just having a repetitive dream in general kind of freaks me out. I know that there are some, um, like, I want to get into some different interesting dream theories that I have Mm. in my Mm -hmm. notes uh, a little bit later, of, you know, why that happens, you know, what are the thoughts about that? But the fact that that happening to one individual is interesting enough, right, that someone could have a repetitive dream over time, maybe even over a lifetime, is interesting on its own. But the fact that more than one person can dream about the same person or have a similar uh, interaction with someone that looks the same Mm -hmm. is extremely interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, well, I guess we'll get into that later, our sort of thoughts and stuff on it. But it, it is interesting because 
it does seem, you know, if if we're taking all of these accounts at face value, it really does seem like whoever this character is, like maybe he doesn't even look like that, you know? Like mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of had that, that thought of like, well, maybe this is just like how he's projecting himself. Almost like, you know, sort of the, the, the Jacques Vallée take on, you know, tying like the fairy abductions with like the modern UFO abduction. You know, it's like that. Yeah. It's like what's happening? Are are we are we sort of filling in those gaps with our mind? You know, it's like are, are we sort of our subconscious is like projecting mm-hmm. what we think we're seeing, or is it like some sort of like almost like camouflage or sort of disguise hmm. that's yeah. being worn? You know, in this specific story or mystery, one of the things I wonder is. Is this? It's kind of like a case of which came first, the chicken or the egg, right? right? So did this become like a phenomenon that people then, because the image is so simple, started to see in their dreams? Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll get to that in just a second. But well, let's let's go to a quick break, and then when we get back, let's dive into some of these dreams that people reportedly had, mm. and uh, and dive into those. Let's do it. After these messages, we'll be right back. Pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. vampire. You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. I've had this recurrent dream for some years now. A tall, dark man. Canceled. Racist. Okay. A tall, dark man shows me a picture and asks me if I can recognize my father in it. The man in the picture is this man I have never seen before. He looks nothing like my dad. Nevertheless, I inexplicably answer that I do recognize my father. At this point, I usually wake up feeling very peaceful. Other times, the dream continues. I'm standing before my father's grave. I place some flowers on the ground and I realize the photograph on the tombstone is missing. Hmm. Hmm, okay. Weird. Mm, Yeah. Here's another one. I felt... Wow, this is a bold statement here. I don't know if we're talking about the same guy here, but at least we know that Tyler's got a fan club here. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with him from the very first time I saw him in my dream. Oh, boy. Even though, if I think about it, I must admit he's really ugly. Sorry, (laughs) sorry, Tyler. And yet, each and every time, he sweeps me off my feet with his romantic gestures and sweet words. He buys me flowers, jewelry... He takes me out to dinner or to the beach to watch the sunset. Not very creepy, but interesting. There you go, short king. Yep, king of the short. I have always had this dream of flying in the sky over my city and observing my friends from up there. See? Amy, good, go really. <laughs> since I moved to another house, since I moved to another house, I started meeting this man while flying. Not every single time that I have had this dream about flying, but often enough. 
He flies too, but he never speaks. Mm. Even that one's not that creepy, really, but just like the... And, and, you know, just the way that this guy looks. Yeah. If right. you think about it in terms of not speaking, him just kind of like giving you that weird grin, is that a more modern thing to be scared of? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that that would have creeped me out when I was a kid, but like my son, that type of stuff yeah, creeps him out. Like he doesn't like things that are, quote, creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, on to the well next before one. you continue, I have hey. one. I have one that uh, is actually pretty scary. This is from uh, someone wrote in from Australia. It says, starting when I was seven, I had the exact same dream on Tuesdays and Friday for 10 years. I'm 17 now and have become very familiar with this man. Although I do not have very nice dreams about him. I dream that I'm laying in my bed and he is wearing a cowboy hat, which is pretty funny, leaning over me and making a strange noise, almost as if he is growling. And on his shirt is a gold round pendant that has molded into the gold, go north. Other nights he would be standing across my bedroom staring at me. Every morning when I wake up, I burst into tears for absolutely no reason. It's like this man is literally giving me hormonal problems. When I saw the pictures on the website, I immediately started crying out of fear. He never spoke to me in my dreams. He only made weird growling noises. Hmm. How scary is that, dude? And he, like, and then after he growled, he'd be like, "Have you seen Yellowstone season one?" <laughs> okay, so stupid. Okay, here's another one. The first time I had a dream about this man, I was having a hard time at work. I had a dream about getting lost in a huge and deserted shopping mall. Mm. Suddenly, this man appeared, and I started running away from him. He chased after me. Wait, he chased after me for what seemed like an hour until I found myself against a wall in the kids' area in a supermarket. At this point, he smiled at me, and he showed me the way out towards the cash desks, and I woke up. Sephorin. Ever since that night, this man has appeared in all of my dreams, and he always gives me directions to get out of the dream and wake up. You got another one over there? Yeah, and what's odd is like a lot of these have this like go north motif. Have you ran across any of these? Yeah. It's weird. Weird. That is weird. Yeah. It's it's those it's the strange again, it's chicken and the egg here because did someone read that on the website? Right. Or that's the thing that I wish we could really kind of, you know, ask. Keep going. This says, uh, I dreamt of this man. He was following me through a park in the dead of night. I couldn't understand why he was following me, so I started running. He easily kept the same pace as me. He gave a small groan and sped up until he was in front of me. He put his hand out, stopping me from running. He pulled me close to him, but he only spoke 21 words. That's hmm. oddly specific. Yeah. I still think about them every night on April 9th, 2021. Go north. It's the only way to survive. After saying this, the man ran away. I tried to catch up to him to ask more, but I couldn't keep up. As I watched him fade away in the distance, I got a strange feeling. I woke up immediately after he left my line of sight. And that is something that that is very dreamlike. You know, there's that, it, there's this like constant like feeling that you're just like sort of like like swimming in jello, like you can't, you know what I mean? That feeling like you yeah. can't really like run, like you're fighting, mm -hmm. you know? I, that used to happen to me, man, when I was dreaming about Freddy Krueger, dude. It was yeah. the worst. I'd yeah. try to run away, but then I'd be like, 
you'd have to be like, oh, yeah. you know, like you're having to rev up to run. Yeah, stuff. exactly. It's it's pretty weird. I mean, I have one that's like pretty terrifying. You want me to get into that one? Yes, but hold on. Let me do this one. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this other one is like, she, this girl says, I saw this man in my dream dressed as Santa Claus. Hmm. When he showed up, I felt so happy, just like when I was a little girl. Then he smiled at me and his head became a balloon floating in the air above me. But no matter how hard I tried to catch it, I just couldn't reach it. That's just, you know, kind of playful, but also creepy. Yeah. This one seems kind of scary. So I dreamt of this man when I was in the 10th grade. He hasn't been in any recurring dreams, just one very memorable and terrifying dream. In my dream, I was stuck in a room sitting on a stool. A few feet away from me, there was a television set. I was, quote, visited by two men I had never seen before. Not, quote, this man. And they both attacked me. I woke up covered in sweat and tears and I was screaming. I somehow fell back asleep. And then I found myself back in that same room. I started to scream and cry. And then this man showed up on the TV screen. I begged and pleaded for him not to harm me. He didn't change his blank expression or speak. He slit my throat and I woke up immediately. Mm. I suppose he let me out of the nightmare, but I couldn't stop thinking about him for weeks. I still have some of the sketches I drew of him. I know it's kind of weird. Whew. Man. That's freaky, dude. Although I think I got you beat. Um, And there, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but there is something about like the, the like violent, like creepy ones that kind of gets into like creepy pasta world. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I don't know. Well, at the end of the day, they're fun stories. To yeah, oh, they're amazing stories. So this actually comes from our state, Georgia. I was in my room and I heard muffled screams coming from my parents' room. I heard things being dragged in the hallway outside my room and my door slowly started to open. There was this man walking into my room while dragging both my parents behind him. He slowly propped them on the wall, both staring at me. He wrote something in blood on my wall and I and stared back at me. It was too dark for me to see it, so I slowed my breathing and tried to pretend to sleep. After a while, my eyes slowly adjusted to the darkness and I could see the writing on the wall, which said, I know you're awake. Yikes. Pretty scary. Okay, here's another one, actually from our neighbors from Florida. I dreamt of this man. A couple years ago, I had to see a couples therapist because I was having reoccurring dreams about this middle-aged man who kept attacking me. He never said anything, but I woke up soaking wet in sweat every night. This was the same time I met a guy in college who was very creepy and stalked me. He always found a way into my dorm and would sit there all night. I was put on trazodone to help me get through the nights. I also have a dream where someone is always telling me to go north, just like someone else wrote under the dream link. I actually got it tattooed on my ankle because I swore it meant something. I'm almost positive this man is the one who comes to see me in my dreams. Hmm. Man. It's, let me go with, well, real quick, this is a very short one, three sentences or so. It says, I dreamt this man. He was Brazilian and very handsome. So, 
kind of didn't look more like me at that point than Tyler. He was a school teacher type with six fingers on his right hand. Yeah, I read this one. He said, if the U.S. had a nuclear disaster, to go north. Hmm. All right. Last dream sequence here that I think is interesting, but it's, it's kind of a great way to end it up here. They said, I've seen this man in three completely different dreams. He was slightly different from the picture, but I recognized him immediately. He appeared suddenly and disappeared in the same manner. His message in all three of my dreams was, it's all over. That was repeated three times in each dream. The differences in the picture and the man in my dreams are, his hair was a little longer in the top, his eyebrows were not as bushy. Other than that, he's identical. I had no fear of him really, but just unanswered questions. That's... Boom. It's weird. I mean, I, and I kind of like that, you know, it, and again, this is like with the disclaimer, like I kind of like the idea that he has sort of similar behavior in the dream. I mean, other than like the, you know, writing yeah, yeah. blood and stuff. Right. But I think that's pretty cool. I think before we kind of dive into what we think about this specifically, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of, well, I mean, just even like on a on a personal level, some of the things that you know I think about, or or my wife and I talk about when we're when we're kind of just trying to decipher the dreams that we have, are or is this kind of idea that I think I've kind of presented on the show before, where this this idea that when we dream, mm-hmm. it's basically us entering, like our consciousness or whatever, entering into another what would you call it like um not realm you know i'm trying to sound as least sort of uh, magic and fantastic yeah, or right. whatever because i know like this is one of those things that I, I don't know why i think people get so upset about stuff sometimes and it's just like look we're just kind of talking about cool stuff and and cool ideas um but i feel like whenever i dream it's like you're going into this other realm or this other dimension or this mm-hmm. other um, state of consciousness, you know? Yeah. And while your body's sort of resting here in our sort of reality, you're able to kind of go into these other places. And since there are other people around the world, and, and even I think maybe, which is kind of interesting, is potentially that this realm that you're able to access when you're dreaming is sort of not subject to space or time. So, you know, you can kind of interact with people that might not be living on earth anymore. Uh, you know, in other words, they might not be alive and, and that kind of thing because you're still interacting with those consciousness streams, you know? Yeah, right. And so that's why sometimes you can kind of interact with someone that you may have not met before in your life, but that you have this sort of recognition for or or you have a, a meaningful interaction of, of some sort. And then again, because it's not a, a quote unquote reality, you know, it doesn't really, like if you get hurt in your dream, mm-hmm. you don't wake up with like a broken arm. Although, unless, I, yeah, no, unless you're in uh, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street, yeah. which is another reason why it was so awesomely terrifying mm-hmm. back then. 
but I don't know. I think that's an interesting kind of theory in, in a way to kind of explain it all. But I know that there are some, you know, more sort of uh, psychological approaches, scientific approaches, mm-hmm. philosophers and stuff that have kind of over time developed their own theories. You know, are you aware of any that kind of come out and pop into your mind just out of the gate? Or do you want me to kind of... Well, yeah, actually, one of the first things that I thought of, and, you know, we've had several listeners ask, you know, if we could cover this, but it's the Akashic Record. Do you know much about that, Woody? No. So it's sort of a in like the theosophist religion, it, you know, it's sort of philosophical. And uh, But I mentioned like Helena Blavatsky a good bit. She was like a theosophist that, that really kind of introduced a lot of these these sort of teachings into the Western world. But basically the Akashic Records are like a collection or like compendium of every universal event, thought, word, emotion, intent that have ever occurred in the past, present, or future. And so it's almost like this, like imagine just this big collection of like all knowledge everywhere at once. And so, you know, these people that have been known to be, you know, you think of like your shamans or shamans. God, I do it every time. Shamans. <laughs> uh, you think of like your medicine men, your wise women, your like these people that are like close to the, I don't know, it's like they're able to kind of see beyond like the veil, mm-hmm. you know. There's this belief that like those people can kind of tap into that. And one of the things that I think of, and I've mentioned it on the show is. And so, sorry, just real quick for clarity, because I'm again. completely unfamiliar with this. So you're saying that her idea is that any thought and all that from anyone ever? Yes. So like this almost infinite. Yeah, it, it's but okay. it's kind of believed that it's like almost sort of like encoded in like another reality on like a non-physical plane of existence. Kind of like what you were saying. like It's in the hard drive of the computer right, that right. is running the simulation. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so they, you know, some of the people actually way back in the day, kind of almost started to believe that it was kind of tied into like the fabric of like space and time, you know, almost like how like people would have like visions in their dreams. I mean, kind of like this man, you know, that's the reason I first thought of this Mm -hmm. because, you know, some people are able to like tap into things. There's this, one of my favorite stories is, is, um, you know, Keith Richards, when he wrote Satisfaction, he, he apparently was like, on a plane and he was just absolutely wasted and he went back to listen several days later and he had written you know the riff to satisfaction and he has no memory of that or anything and so that's happened so many times with him in his career and he kind of accredits it to him being basically like an antenna and if if he's in the right place in the right time He's able to sort of pick up this mm-hmm. signal and then it kind of works through him. And I've always kind of felt like that too yeah. as a songwriter. You and I mm-hmm. both. Yeah, because it's like the only rational way, honestly, mm-hmm. sometimes that we can explain some, our songwriting process. I mean, truly. And I think we've talked about this on the show before too. Like mm-hmm. you're sitting there, anybody that's creative in any capacity yeah. can probably relate to this in some in some way where you just feel like you're just inspired out of nowhere yeah. and this thing just kind of pops out without any planning mm-hmm. on the songwriting side it's like you might have a couple of chords but it literally might be you pick up the guitar mm-hmm. you start strumming and the next thing you know you've got 
you know, lyrics, melody, all that stuff just mapped out immediately. And yeah. it's a very strange feeling. It's one of the best feelings ever. Oh, it's you know? amazing. Yeah. But, okay, okay. So I just wanted to clarify and make sure tapping into this infinite... Well, so, so and this is like in the mid-1800s. Helena Blavatsky, she characterized it as its own life force even, and wow. in which she would refer to it as indestructible tablets of astral light recorded both from past and future of all human thought and action. And so, and Akashic means uh, atmosphere or sky. So it's like wow. sky records. But it just goes on and on and on. Well, it's just so interesting because so many different cultures and religions, are, uh, let's say authorities of a different fields are basically all saying the same thing. Mm-hmm, right. Inspiration is coming from above. Yeah. You know, not to get super cheesy or religious or something or, or you know, because look, we've got listeners from all walks of life and that is super rad. Yeah. But no matter which way you slice it, call it whatever you want to. People have been getting inspired from mm-hmm. something greater than human. We'll say that. Yeah throughout history we're all just trying to explain it and so to hear that like this that's just so cool to me man i love that kind of stuff oh yeah yeah well and another thing that's cool is um i'd totally forgotten about this but like i know we've talked about edgar casey and yes take a drink because we are going to (laughs) do a full podcast on him but he was known as the sleeping prophet Mm -hmm. and the thing about edgar casey was he was incredibly accurate with Mm -hmm. his uh, you know, he was like a, he was called a prophet. And so he would kind of, you know, go to sleep in this sort of like trance-like state. And the thing about him is he, it was mandatory that every single thing that was ever said while he was sort of, you know, in this like fugue state mm-hmm. would had to be like written down. So there was always like a, somebody writing down all these, all these, you know, uh, like, like a stenographer almost. And he actually believed that every single thing that he was saying was was him just tapping into the Akashic Records, Jeez. which is interesting. And so the reason that was a very long way, long way home, Bilbo Baggins style, to get to saying that I think that th- whatever mechanism this man is, quote unquote, I think I think somehow he's existing on that plane. And so when all these people are seeing him, they're not necessarily like, oh, we're just dreaming the same thing. I think like certain people are kind of maybe tapping into the same kind of Akashic record, Hmm. if you will. Yeah. You know. We will return after these messages. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. What's cool, too, is there's a lot of different, and I'm just equally fascinated by all of them, right? So just like Helena Blavatsky, her quest to kind of understand 
whatever it is, right? There have been folks that have had multiple different theories and ideas of what dreams mean, what they serve, what's their purpose. You know, one of them, you know, Carl Jung, he has a lot of different things. Some people kind of point to like his archetype theory yeah. or archetype theory. And he says that archetypes are the birthing agents of symbols. Mm-hmm. And these symbols are commonly found in dreams. Dreams are the avenue of egress for the unconscious to gain awareness and are the axis on which uh, psychotherapy revolves. He also said that dreams are a way for the unconscious mind to communicate with the conscious mind. That dreams are symbolic and can have multiple meanings. And of course, this goes without saying, but it says to do dream work, it is important to keep an open mind and look at dreams from different perspectives. Mm. Here's a couple other theories that I, that I found to be really, really interesting. There's one called the activation synthesis theory, which was proposed by Robert McCarley and Francis Crick in 1977. Hmm. This theory suggests that dreams are a result of the brain's attempt to make sense of random neural activity during REM sleep. According to this theory, the brain generates random signals and the mind constructs a narrative to make sense of these signals resulting in dreams. Now, that's an interesting one, too, because you got to think, too, what's so amazing about the human body and stuff. Well, first, if you have any questions, if you're on the younger side of our audience, just start watching a lot of 80 movie, 80s movies. It's going to teach you a lot about the human body. Oh, yeah. Uh, at least the physiology. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Bursting through um, the walls. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting that we do have all this information stored, right? Imagine like a... Uh, an empty hard drive and then throughout life through our experiences it's sort of like learning and building on its own based on those experiences and all that Mm -hmm. and then you've got this collection of data and information and then whenever you're sleeping it's just kind of like refiling and kind of organizing i think of old school refrag um macintosh computers where you're like uh what, what what was it called whenever you were just like organize hard drive and you'd be like well it was, you know, and, it was a refrag in like refragmenting right. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so i mean if that's happening and that's the theory that while that's happening it's kind of like oh you know it's almost like okay cool is there like some sort of mechanism within our brain that's like you know what this is kind of tedious work let's put on a movie mm-hmm. and it, you know, it just kind of accesses all this information and puts a movie on. So, anyways, that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I've always thought that was interesting, but uh, at the same time, like I'm a little bit dubious on. I don't know. There's just I feel like there's just this idea that like, oh, well, if a scientist says it's this, then it's like suddenly like that's it. It's debunked. It can't be any of this other stuff. But I think I think yeah, maybe. See, hold on a second. What? I got to stop you right there. This is just a theory. So generally speaking, when people... Well, I'm like, not talking... I'm talking okay. in general. Let's just put it this way. Scientists aren't debunking anything. That's mm-hmm. not their purpose, right? They're they're trying to find an answer and then do so using like experimentation that they can then sort of repeat results. Yeah, scientific so, method. Yeah. No, no, so, no. I, I'm talking yeah, yeah. about like there are some scientists in you know, all these sort of different fields. I mean, it's kind of like with, with Bigfoot. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, well, this is this collection of evidence that we have. Therefore, it's impossible for Bigfoot to exist. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the reason I, I say that is because I kind of think, I kind of think both of these ideas as far as like, oh, well, it's sort of a de- defrag in your sleep. 
And it's a way of your mind sort of to filter out the things that are unneeded and keep the sort of pivotal things throughout your day that you do need. Um, I think it's kind of the same thing because there's there has been like sleep studies done where, you know, they they test like the brain waves and, and like your 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 brain sort of patterns or like the way your, you know, synapses are firing and stuff with like people playing music or artists painting and then you know, they do the same thing with people that are, once they get into like REM sleep. And it is interesting because they're they're like hitting in those same areas mm-hmm. and it's the exact same pattern. So I think, I think that's pretty interesting because, you know, while a scientist may say, oh, that's silly talking about the Akashic record and tapping into that, I think it could be the exact same thing. Yeah, you know? and here's the good news too. All the scientists or psychologists and and all that stuff that are studying dreams, mm-hmm. they're doing so because they have a passion for that, mm-hmm. and so none of them are saying it's not th- it's this and not that kind of thing. It's just like a, a pretty cool theory. Here's some more though. I've got I don't know five or six more. Mm-hmm. This one's called the threat simulation theory. This mm-hmm. theory says that dreams serve as a way for the brain to simulate threatening or dangerous situations by simulating these potential threats, individuals can then practice and refine their responses to such situations, enhancing their chances of survival and adaptation. Now, my brain must think that at some point in life, not only am I going to encounter Freddy Krueger himself, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be wrestling sharks and beating up, you know, all kinds of monsters, man, because I've had some wild ones. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I wonder if... I wonder if that theory could sort of inform the reason that we we do experience those weird like like you're trudging through jello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I wonder it, if there's it, something there. Yeah, it does seem like there is some sort of like very basic biological purpose behind sort of retraining you you to have that fight or flight response, right. exactly. you know? Yeah. So I mean, here's another thing that I'm going to throw into the ring here. I kind of think it could be all of the above. Yeah, I do You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Okay, here's another cool one. This one's cognitive theory of dreams. This theory developed by sleep researcher Rosalind Cartwright emphasizes the role of dreams in problem solving and emotional processing. It suggests that dreams are a way for the mind to work through unresolved emotional issues and cognitive challenges from waking life leading to insight and resolution. Now, again, I like that idea. It's There's some probable truth there too but my dreams are so crazy and weird yeah that i don't it it would take like a lot more intensive sort of um interpretation exercises to figure out and glean what emotional resolution i'm trying to get from like you know whatever happens in my dreams okay continual activation theory this was pr- proposed by uh, Ji Zhang in 2017. Might have said the name wrong. I apologize, Mr. or Mrs. Zhang. Okay. This theory proposes that dreaming is a continuous process that occurs across various stages of sleep, not just during REM. It suggests that dreaming helps to maintain and consolidate memories and serves as a way to integrate new information with existing knowledge. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Interesting. Have you heard of the theory on this that, I mean, like you said, like Carl Jung, it kind of gets into his dream archetype thing, but it's 
it's the idea that like this guy could actually be sort of a you know we talk talk about like pan being like a trickster archetype mm-hmm. well they're they're saying like you know maybe this is this this the dream archetype as a whole like this is him he's representative of just dream in general you know what maybe i mean maybe he's like the the uh, what would you call that like not the king of that realm but sort of like the uh the caretaker of sorts yes yeah exactly i mean it, and it kind of takes you to neil game and sandman mm-hmm. kind of stuff apparently there is a uh, a tick of course a tiktoker i think it i don't know they i think they handles something like mystic mentor mm-hmm. and she describes that her theory now again now we're diving into you know just people's theories and ideas which mm-hmm. I think are just as just as valid. And she says, dreams are a complex mixture of emotions and experiences melded with unfamiliar faces and places. They are a narrative that seems as real as your waking life. What you may not realize is that as we sleep, our minds are creating a multidimensional reality without any external stimulation. We are creating a new dimension of space and time. While, of course, there's no scientific proof that we do travel to other dimensions, how could there be when we sleep all the facts about dreams and physical reality are presented it doesn't seem to be too far out of the realm of possibility Mm, yeah and it's interesting one of the sort of just dinner table conversations i've had recently with my wife but also i think it might have been dinner at my parents house we were talking about this have you ever had a situation much like i guess inception which by the way i think they did an incredible job of sort of being in that world mm-hmm. uh, in 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 within someone's mind, I, I just love that. Yeah, and the concept of the architect and and people being able to design this dream world, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just so cool. Yeah, but have you ever had a dream where you felt like you lived an entire lifetime? Yeah, and turns out you like wake up and you're on the couch. You've only dozed off for like five minutes. So I've never had that, but I have heard stories of people literally waking up and being manic depressed Mm. for weeks, months at a time because they had this dream where it's like in the dream they had kids and a wife and like this full kind of life and then they wake up and it's it's all gone. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely have had, uh, actually not too long ago, probably within the last couple of weeks where I had a dream that was so real and I was interacting with like 100, like all strange, everybody was not in my real life, right? I mean, just like strangers basically. And it wasn't a lifetime, but we were, you know, dealing with like super emotional type stuff and like serious problems and overcoming them together and just like having this like strong connection. And I do remember waking up being kind of sad because there was this realization of, man, you know, like that was just a dream and, you know, I don't, I don't get to see that person today. Yeah. And it wasn't something weird, romantic. It wasn't like that. It was just like this meaningful interaction that just, it was just strange, man, you know? Yeah. I've had a few of those too. Um, The interesting thing about those for me a lot of times is like, they're so sort of, I don't know, sort of fuzzy, like, Mm-hmm. where it's like the feeling of of loss and just what you're talking about that feeling of like man I'm never going to see that person again or da 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 it's like it's like you don't really remember 
or at least for me, I don't really remember specifics, but I know that like, oh, well, there was something that I was dreaming that was more real than, than the waking world. Yeah. You know? I mean, I have, on the flip side of all of it, I have had dreams where my wife and I get into an argument and I wake up just still mad mm. and in a bad mm. mood, you know? Yeah. Have you ever had that before? No, my wife has it every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Okay, um, now back to, uh, we got to still, you know. Well, real quick, real quick. I did have this weird dream and I totally forgot about this until we started talking about this. I had a pretty good friend of mine uh, pass away. He was an older guy. I first met him at Heroes Con years ago and we just hit it off and, you know, I, I would like go see him whenever I worked down in Atlanta and super nice guy. Uh, I knew nothing about his sort of personal life. Uh, I just knew that he was a massive like art collector. He had like amazing tons of like Bruce Tim originals and Darwin Cook originals and Bernie Wrightson, like really bad art collector. And he passed away. And then I had this crazy dream. And I it was one of those where I like woke up and like wrote it all down. I wasn't able to find it, but maybe I can here soon. And I, we can talk about it on the on the rabbit trail. But it was this dream where, you know, like I said, I'd never been to the guy's house, didn't know anything about his personal life. I know that he, he lived alone, but I had this bizarre dream that somehow I was like in his mom's house and there was like an unfinished basement and he was like leading me through the basement and showing me like where I needed to look because that's where he had like stored like all these sort of hidden like art and like all this kind of stuff. Cause he was in real life, he, he was kind of in a situation where I think it was like his brother or something, or maybe like ex brother-in-law was like trying to like get a hold of like some of the art that he had. Like it was sort of this weird kind of, you know, family drama kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, I had this crazy dream that like at his mom's house, I knew exactly where to look. There was, I mean, even down to like, you know, it was an unfinished basement. So, you know, you just have like your, your like two by fours. What am I trying to say here? Like, I mean, I don't know if you're trying to describe in great detail what an unfinished basement is versus <laughs> like, like no drywall, just only like studs. We got it. Put up. Yeah. Uh, but, but in the dream, like I knew exactly like what particular studs he would have. He would have like an X on certain ones. And then mm -hmm. that's where you would know to like go towards like the wall. And like if you, pulled like the insulation out, like that's where he was keeping like certain things. And I've always wondered, uh, well, I forgot about it, but for the longest time, I always wondered, God, like if it, if it didn't feel like it would be disrespectful. Right, right. Man, like if there was some way to do it without, without it coming across super insensitive, but yeah. Like, hey, I know this sounds weird. What do you do? Uh, you don't know me at all. But <laughs> can I go in your basement? I, can I, any way I could get down there in that in that basement <laughs> and just kind of dig around for a couple hours? I think there's something hidden in the walls. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. That stuff. I know it, because it's like it really messes with you. Like, yeah, is that some sort? Because here's the other thing. There have been moments in, in my own life, in family members' lives, in other ways where. Man, I kind of feel like my dreams or my subconscious is trying to tell me something yeah. and then it turns out to be correct. I'll give you a funny example. Mm -hmm. 
I had a dream when I was like eight. I didn't know how to wiggle. <laughs> now, nah, dude. Oh, boy. I didn't know how to, no, no, no. It's nothing weird, but it's going to sound funny when I say it. I didn't know how to wiggle my ears. Oh, the, and guys, in my guys, dream, you're this listening person taught me. To the, the, the reason that Woody got his ears pinned. No, no, This stop. is it. Stop. Uh, no, in my dream, this, this, oh my God, I almost said this man. He, it wasn't, but oh boy. this this person in my dreams was like, no, all you got to do is this. And then I was like, oh, cool. I tried it. And then when I woke up, I was like, no. I wonder if I remember. And then that's how I wiggled my ears. No way. I swear, I, I'm not joking around. Oh, the other awesome. The other thing that is strange, one of the questions I get all the time is what my tattoos mean. So like midway down my both arms, like right at the forearm level, mm-hmm. I have on um, each arm, I have two red, what would you call it? Like, uh, like stripes? Like bands? Bands, there you go. Two bands, thin red bands on either side. People are always like, well, you know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time I answer is, well, there's four people in my family, four is my, you know, kind of quote unquote lucky number, mm-hmm. you know, four is significant to me, blood representing like the, the ties that sort of bind us together and, right. and you know, in whatever. Already, they're, you know, their eyes glaze over and they're like, uh, so most of the time I'm just like, oh, you know, it just represents my family. Mm-hmm. Boop, that's it. Well, the truth though is probably, I, I mean, maybe the night before, maybe a week before I had this dream where in the dream, this Native American guy was showing me these tattoos on my arm he was, and he was, he was doing the tattoo on my arm mm-hmm. and he was explaining to me that this would protect, you know, there's just this whole thing. And I woke up and instead of it being sort of like a superstitious type thing, I was like, man, that's a kind of a cool idea. And then you and I went yeah. and I got these tattoos mm-hmm. uh, that I had, uh, had from my mom. And then she found out and didn't talk to me for like a month and a half, but that's same. neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that that's, you know, there are these moments in my life where I feel like I've either learned something from a dream or I feel like maybe a, a family member needs me to call them. And so there's an aspect of sort of superstition that that uh, isn't as much alive and well in, in me any longer necessarily because I haven't had these types of dreams much. But if I have like a weird dream, let's say about one of my kids or uh, a family member, I'll be sure to go check on them. You know yeah, what I mean? right, absolutely. Um, and so that aspect of it all kind of to circle all the way back around to what we're talking about today with this, uh, have you ever dreamt this man sort of mystery Mm -hmm. is that the idea that more than one person can experience close to the same exact person in their dream also makes me think of an 80s movie that I used to love, but it also terrified me. And that is Dreamscape. Do you remember this movie? Dreamscape. I remember the title, but I can't think of I can't think of it. So Dreamscape, you you'll remember it. It it stars Dennis Quaid. It came out in, in 1984. Alex Gardner has a unique talent, and even he doesn't know what it can do. No one has ever done it before. No one has even conceived of doing it before. You're going into another person's dream. You might have to see that to believe it. He is about to enter a world that no one has ever seen before. The world of your dreams. (sighs) 
I was under the impression we were conducting scientific research here. You sound as if you don't approve. I can see you're going to be a real challenge to work with. Oh, wait a minute, Doctor. I haven't agreed to anything yet. There's somebody in my dreams. Who? An awful, ugly monster. This kid is being eaten alive and nobody gives a damn. Whatever his demon is, you have to help him face it. Dennis Quaid, Kate Capshaw, Dreamscape. When you close your eyes, the adventure begins. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. It's kind of billed as a, quote, dark science fiction adventure film. The poster, I'm not sure who did the poster art, man, but it had to be the same guy or at least the same office that did a lot of the, you know, Indiana Jones and Star Wars and that kind of thing. It was one of those You're talking about kind Drew, of Drew Struzan? He's, he's the artist who would do, like, all the... Like Indiana Jones, like the... If it wasn't him, it was in that style. Let me tell you. So that's probably part of the reason why I uh, I watched it. Now, I'm not sure. I think it was rated PG. I don't have like the IMDb or whatever in front of me. But oh, Drew, Drew Struzan is the artist for the poster. Yeah. Well, there you go, Struzan. We can recognize you from a mile away. Oh, yeah. It's the best. The basic plot is this. Dennis Quaid is a psychic, all right? And he has kind of been using his abilities to, to, for personal gain and stuff, you know, gambling, womanizing. I mean, you know, natural, mm-hmm. naturally, yeah. of course. Yeah. When he was an adolescent, so when, I think when he was like 19 or so in the movie, he becomes this subject for this scientific research, documenting his abilities and all this. Anyway, basically, much like a lot of the stuff in the 80s and even now, these abilities obviously would be wanted to, like, Who would want to take advantage of someone with these abilities or at least use them for their benefit? You guessed it, the Smithsonian. I'm kidding. There we go. The government. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, he kind of reunites with this professor that was sort of leading this study. He finds out that there's this group of people who are have similar abilities to him, but instead of him being sort of, you know, a good guy, there's this anti-hero basically that is invading people's dreams and then just terrifying them. And so then the rest of the film is basically him trying to help these other people that this bad guy's kind of infiltrating in, in their dreams. And there's this scene, dude, this was the, th- there was two movies whenever I was growing up that I was like, is this a dream or is this something that I watched at some point? Mm-hmm. This is one of them. There's this scene that is just, forever seared into my brain. And I swear we've talked about this before, but it's just seared in my brain. They're, they're in the dream world. They're on this subway train. Or, you know, they're on this subway. They're in a subway car. Mm-hmm. And the main sort of bad guy, 
and I'll look up who who that's played by. It's by the same guy that was in the crow. That's like uh, the deep voice guy. Fire it up, fire it up. No, oh, the um, T Bird. T Bird, yeah. Um, I love that dude. Did I ever tell you that I I I met the the main bad guy from the crow? Yeah, one second. Okay. All right. Good story, Bill. David Patrick Kelly is the guy that plays uh, the 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 bad guy in this movie. Now, this scene is just okay. Again, came out in 1984. Yeah, I saw it. it I guess now it's rated PG-13, but as we know, and if you're a long-time listener, anytime we've talked about... No, it's just at the time it probably was rated PG. It's just they've changed the rating since. But anyhow, I saw it. That cover kind of attracted me. It's got the the girl that's in it is Kate Capshaw. You'll recognize her from... uh, uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Yep. She was in a lot of stuff. The the cast is incredible. It's got uh, Max von uh, Sydow... Christopher Plummer's in this movie, George Went. I mean, just tons and tons of people. Anyhow, the scene in question here is this guy turns into this giant cobra man, snake dude. And I might have been six probably when I saw this. And that scene terrified me. I used to have nightmares about this guy. And then I kind of forgot about it. It wasn't until maybe high school or college, where I just kind of kept bugging people like crazy. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, is this something that I dreamed? Here, sit down. There's this Cobra guy, and then there's this other movie where there's this skinless guy. Yeah, I knew anyway, it was coming. So this movie, this is what this all kind of reminds me of, the fact that there's this person that everybody's seeing. Is there someone or mm-hmm. is there a technology that exists that can allow for someone to tap into this place that we all go to when we're dreaming. Mm. It's kind of what I was thinking about whenever, you know, I first started reading about this mystery and this this strange case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- the thing about this, though, which it is kind of cool, I've heard, uh, you know, you mentioned TikTok. This was something that kind of came out in the early 2000s, earlier 2000s, I guess. And then as of recently, I don't have TikTok, but I've heard that it's kind of come back. And, you know, with this, like, you have you know, another 100,000 people claiming that they're dreaming about this thing. Apparently, though, folks are saying that this thing is a hoax. There's a couple threads that don't quite connect, though. I'm not saying it is a hoax. I'm not saying it isn't a hoax. But here's sort of the story. The story is there's an Italian sociologist uh, named Andre Natella, who's a founder of a communications firm called Guerrilla Marketing. Mm. And I guess it's said that in 2010, it was exposed that Guerrilla Marketing owned the website, thisman.org. And they were sort of supplying a lot of the images and sort of quotes, mythology, on this website about, you know, this man. Mm -hmm. But the thing is about that is... Once this thing kind of got started, it, it quickly went from being like this, you know, back at the time we didn't know this, but it became like its own meme. And then yeah. then you had tens of thousands of people writing in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that, you know, they didn't write in a lot of these. Yeah. I mean, in fact, like, I mean, who knows? For all we know, like the Go North thing, maybe maybe that Just was. another sort of. Yeah, maybe and, that they yeah. planted that in there. Maybe they planted in some of the like the super scary ones that are kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But it is it is known that like we're talking like 
like I said, tens of thousands of people writing in saying, mm-hmm. giving their accounts. So yeah. I find it highly unlikely that they, you know, were putting in all of those accounts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so with that, I think, well, we'll get into that in a minute. I was going to say two things. One, if if it is the fact that Miss Nutella uh, was brilliant enough to kind of create this sort of augmented reality game or mm-hmm. you know thing, then that that's pretty cool. It's creative and all that. And also, like, turns out she's also has to be part of this like amazingly delicious uh, hazelnut spread. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, the the other thing which people immediately say like, oh, it's debunked. I guess somehow they people would then go on to find out that like something about the website at some point was purchased by a production company called Ghost House Pictures. Hmm. But, you know, if you do a little digging, you find out that that was much later. They were the company that did like The, the Grudge, Drag Me to Hell, hmm. the Poltergeist remake. And it was said that I guess they did this because there was like a story that had been developed and, you know, it kind of disappeared into, you know, like uh, the, the like screenplay wasteland yeah. where nobody would ever see it again. But, you know, it was kind of playing on the the motif of this man. Yeah, I think that's pretty plausible, you know, and I yeah, think... Yeah, I mean, that's not indicative of it being a scam. I mean, like, right. frankly... It's kind of smart. I mean, you might at one point hear about one of these subjects being purchased by Midnight Radio Studios. You're absolutely right. You know, because then by the time someone is like, man, this is an intriguing story. I'd love to make it. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You got to pay me first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, similar to how um, uh, The Watcher. Yeah. You know, that was like a very internet thing. Our treatment of it was... You know, a little bit uh, better than Netflix's. Way better. They should have contacted us about the trailer. <laughs> Probably would have had better views. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not bitter about it. I just think that uh, that's probably what they should have done. Yeah, and I mean, getting a cease and desist, I mean, it just comes with, with the territory. Yeah, but I, at least I was able to frame it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I, I think that uh, there, there's just all these, like, little things. I don't know. It, it's one of those things that's just... It is something that does come with the territory in the modern age of like social media and like Reddit and all that stuff. It's like, and you know, this is this is kind of the type of person I was speaking of whenever I was talking about like scientists who kind of yeah. make it a point to like, oh, it's debunked. It's this. And, you know, those are the same guys who were saying, oh, well, this is all fake. It's all debunked. It was a mass hallucination. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like just because it has like big scientific words doesn't make it any easier to connect the dots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you do find these people, especially like on Reddit and like your older like 4chan, 8chan and stuff. Um, these 2chan. <laughs> 2chan. These like early, you know, internet mysteries and stuff. You're always going to have the guy right out of the gate that's like debunked. It, it was all perpetrated by ghost house pictures. Yeah, and it's like well, that's not you know, it, really the it, case. Those kind of things I don't have a problem with mm-hmm. if it's followed up by boom, 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 boom. Right, places that I can then. But whenever like the thing that just gets under my skin is there, and dude, it's there. Are these internet video people that do this. Mm-hmm. There's this blah blah blah. They make this incredibly sort of like headline worthy clickbait right. claim. Yeah, like this, this, and this. What about this? And then 
you know, then they don't provide any sort nope. of like actual evidence or anything. It's just that's the danger. And I think like my disappointment sometimes in the internet in general is that like at least be good at arguing yeah. or say, you know, hey, this, this, and this. Anyway. Yeah. Well, well, and and I'm glad you said that because I think I think with this story, I'm cool with it being either one. I'm cool with it being a, a very like a very detailed and what would go on to become this massive outpouring of like random folks all claiming to have the same thing. So maybe it was started out as like an ARG, like an mm-hmm. augmented reality game or or uh, art project or something like that. Um, yeah. It does bring to mind, which we will cover these probably sooner than later, the Jejun Institute, the Willamette Valley Dream Study. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other one? The Happy Valley. Happy Valley Dream Study or Dream Survey, you know, and it, it kind of goes back to Ong's hat. Right. Where, I mean, all of it, Ong's hat, the May Day mystery. Right, you know, right. Any of these sort of situations where, you know, even when it is discovered and sort of even, quote-unquote, admitted to being uh, the creation of, of either one person or a group of people, mm-hmm. man, the impact that it has. And this goes also back into what we talk about so much. No, not disembodied voices for once. Uh, it's a but miracle. I'm sure we could somehow connect it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Give us some time. But it, it goes back to this thing where the power of creating something right. and the reach that it has, you, you could never really calculate or anticipate the tentacles that this thing would have. So when Miss Nutella mm-hmm. took a break from creating the delicious chocolatey hazelnut mm. spread and said, you know what? I'm going to start a marketing firm, but you know, boy, that's kind of boring. Why don't we... Do- test out an idea that we have about the power of the internet. Yeah, You know, Grandpa Nutella over here mm-hmm. just wants to make spread. Let me show him the power. Mm. They create this thing and it just, now you have to question if I create something like this this concept and this, this face mm-hmm. and I create the fact that it's been invading people's dreams and then it begins to invade people's dreams. Right. I got to say, man, that's equally if not more yeah. frightening to me yeah. because now you've got this, I mean, I can't think of another entity mm-hmm. that is appearing in people's dreams yep. and now you've, in a, in a sense, kind of brought it to life, right? Yeah. It, 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 you saying that reminds me of like low ab or low. Mm. Um, and that's where I was going to go earlier and I said, let's hold off. But there, yeah, this was one of the other sort of first things that I thought of with this of, you know, when when we discovered like, oh, well, this Andrea Nutella or whatever, you know, she created this thing. It kind of got a mind of its own and like took off. And like suddenly you had all these people sort of, you know, giving their own sort of dreams. So it is that like, okay, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, was this a real thing? Was this, or did this become its own um, like egregore you know, things like thought forms or tulpas, did it become its own kind of entity, much like Loeb, you know, in the, like the AI, like art stuff. Hear more about the strange AI art that took on a life of its own on That Would Be Rad, Season 2, Episode 55, Loeb, the first AI cryptid, tulpa, or terrifying art demon. It's pretty fascinating, though. I think that 
it's one of those, to me, it, it still feels unanswered, even though mm. you'll find a ton of spots online where it says it's debunked. So here's another thing that I think that So I, they're proposing that 10,000, like this is before, now, if this came out now, I could say like they probably just had the AI chat GPT or whatever, write 10,000 <laughs> yeah, right, right. things. Yeah. But 2000, I mean, uh, there's well, no way. Well, so so that's that's the thing that, that I'm wondering. So maybe, I think, I think if you're looking at it as like a thought form or something that like took off and became its own sort of tulpa or like egregore, I think the sort of resurgence of it being on like TikTok yeah. To me, to me, that seems a lot more plausible than when it happened back in like, what was it, 2004? Uh, 2008, I think. Or 2008, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reach that would have, you know, I mean, I'm sure it would have been on like forums and, and stuff like that. But it is odd that like, you know, you had such a, a big, it, it kind of became its own sort of underground kind of like cult yeah. following sort of thing. Yeah. And even like early days of the internet, 2008 included, there wasn't as much sort of just casual internet surfing. Right. Like you had to be, like we use the internet for more like necessity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You know, I mean, I was trying to tell my kids the other day, whenever I was in college, there was the quote computer labs because it, you yeah. didn't have, not everybody had the computer in their pocket. Yeah. And not everybody had a laptop either, you mm-hmm. know? And so, it's just hilarious. Yeah, people like a large amount of people like if they were on the internet, they they were still going to the library and stuff like that just to get because yeah. you know a lot of people then didn't have a home, you know, personal computer. Yeah, you would go to the library, you had to like log in with your student ID mm-hmm. and then you would, you know, that's what you would do whenever you went in there and you started, you know, tapping on your live journal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh now, before we go, dude, some really kind of interesting spots where this guy has made it into, or at least his face or the the story, has kind of, uh, I guess, appeared in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is the week. I can't believe I'd even start the show off with the with a giant hooray, but this is the week that the One Piece live action comes out. Or mm. I can't wait. Yeah. By the time you're hearing this, I've already probably watched the whole series. But anyhow. In 2018, a weekly shonen magazine began running five volumes, uh, a five-volume manga based on, quote, this man, that's Mm. actually what it's called, illustrated by Kuji Megumi and written by Karin Sora. And it's about an investigator named Hakaru Amano who works with facial composites and is asked by a mother and daughter to draw the face of a man who's illegally trespassing on their premises. Mm. And then that's the drawing that he makes, and then it's a... You know, it goes from there. Well, I, and I don't know if this is what you're going to, but there's also a a Japanese sh- like TV show. Is that the one you're talking about? Well, there's other ones. Like uh, before we get to the Japanese TV show, even in there's a Korean movie on Netflix that's available now too, where they kind of talk about this type of thing. It's oh. called Lucid Lucid Dream. Cool. X Files season eleven. Uh, the episode's called The Lone Gunman, mm-hmm. and apparently, I think you see him in the background, like on a like a composite photo pinned onto a board. Oh, that's cool. So there's like little Easter, he's been used a lot in like video games. There's little Easter eggs uh, here and there. There's also some very strange, extremely creepy sort of three-dimensional artwork that people have made Mm -hmm. that 
just, I don't want that on my search history for my kids who are just like, let me borrow your phone for a second. Yeah. So, I, you know, all in all, it really is a situation where such a creepy sort of mystery and the fact that at any point someone may have, you know, dreamt this. So here, here's what I'm going to say. Here's a great way for us to, you know, on our own decide if anybody listening to this show has ever dreamt mm. of this man, yeah. you got you to gotta tell us. Now, there's different ways you can do that. We usually save that for the end of the show, but of course, you can hit us up on Instagram to do that. You can, on our website, you can leave an actual voice memo that we can use or not use. Just let us know uh, if you want us to or not. But anyway, I really want to know, has anybody ever dreamt of something like this or had an experience where you had a recurring dream of someone that is a stranger in your waking life, but in dreams continues to, uh, to be there, whether it's someone evil or uh, benevolent. It doesn't matter. Let us know. And, you know, as as creepy as like just a little sort of, you know, looks like a Xerox, like copy, as creepy as that is, I, I went down a rabbit trail and found this, and all this stuff's it's weird. Everything associated with, with this is very difficult to find. Uh, and that could be because of this thing called the dead internet theory, which I 100% believe in. Long story short, it's basically that the internet has been kind of like scrubbed. And at one time, you know, you would have hundreds of like pages to go through. And now if you continue going, it's like you have like four pages and then it's like you've reached the end, Mm. which is kind of bizarre. But so everything's a little vague and kind of hard to find. But we will be posting these photos, which to me, (laughs) take it up a notch. They're much scarier. Um, and it's from apparently this odd Japanese TV show, which was like the spring s- special called Yonimo Kimyao na Monogatari. Uh, and that came out in 2017. Apparently, they think, some people believe that the mask was made by a guy named Landon Mier because he would make these sort of big, hyper-realistic masks. There was also, I guess, like he had a Twitter account, which... For, you know, has since been deleted, but he would walk around with the the mask in public. And actually, he appeared with the mask on on a Japanese weather show called uh, Tokudane. Good Lord. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be posting those, and you'll see. They're pretty, pretty scary. Hmm. Yeah, pretty weird. Anyway, like Woody said, head on over to Instagram. Leave a voice memo on our website. That would be radpodcast.com. If you would like to write it out, head over to that would be rad pod at gmail.com head on over to the rabbit trail our patreon if you're just not getting enough you know that would be rad material here on the free feed it's a good time it's more of what you love and it means the world to us and uh you know it's a way to like really support the show if you're able and willing yeah one thing i want to say before we go we're about a month away from the beginning of one of our favorite times on the show oh yeah which is the annual October Spooktacular. And that is where every single week we're bringing you the spookiest stories that we find. And then also, and most exciting to me, is we bring listener stories to life and we we deliver them to you, the listener. Mm -hmm. So if you have a spooky experience, perhaps a 
strange, crazy, scary dream or uh, an interaction or you saw a set of eyes in the woods the other night, whenever, whatever it is, yeah. and in any format that you want to give it to us, whether that's your own voice or written out like Tyler was talking about, you can email that over to us or whatever. We don't have to share your name. We can just say a listener. We can say a listener from, you know, X, Y, Z. Right. It doesn't matter. We would love, we're still collecting those. We've got several already, actually a stack of them that we're going to be debuting, but we're always looking for more too. Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally, it would be amazing to me if we had a full October of just listener scariness. You know? Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there since we're still a month away. We've already started the production of a lot of these episodes already, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's too late. We still got time. So send those in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, you know, maybe you don't have your own spooky story, but you know of a ghost story that somebody told you in the eighth grade that really made a mark on you. Yeah, local to your area. And, and yeah. it doesn't even have to be long. Sometimes people will say, well, I don't know if this is significant, but, and then they go into like a three sentence explanation of something that terrifies yeah. the heck out of us. Yeah. So yes, it's significant. Yeah. Leave us a five-star review. Tell a single friend about the show and uh, buy us a coffee or some merch or whatever to help keep this train on the tracks. And I guess that's about it. What do you got? Anything else? I think that's it, man. All right, pal. Well, we love you. We appreciate you, and as always, be rad. That's the way it goes. The way it goes. That's the way
Granted. And so this is a little off topic, but this is something that I've been wanting to ask you. Um, and I mean, we can take it out if it's too personal, but do you think um, that our fan base, our friends would like you less if they knew that you were 5'3"? God almighty, dude. I mean, probably they'd like me the same. Okay. I'm not 5'3", first off. Lord have mercy. Uh, listen, okay, I've laid on. down my taller life. <laughs> Just cut it out, man. <laughs> for, for years. Oh, Short man. king. Short king, is that what you said? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, he does look just like me, but he has like <laughs> to a T your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I've got some caterpillars, but I love them. Hey, man. Okay, man. I got to get out of here. Yeah, dude, me too.